The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. song church how's everybody doing good good to see you this morning my name is josh and i'm happy to be with you as we continue our series called character sketches where we are looking at the character of different characters in the bible and uh, this has been really fun we started a couple weeks ago talking about joseph and how he stepped into living the dream that god had for him last week ryan did an amazing job how about ryan guys right man So proud of him. He did an awesome job talking about uh, Solomon and the decision that he made, his his choice to respond to what God had asked him. It was a great message. I encourage you to go back and listen to those first couple messages. Uh, Today, I'm going to kind of switch gears on you a little bit as we move forward. You know, we've talked about Joseph, who's a pretty well-known biblical character. We talked about Solomon, who's also a very well-known biblical character. Today, I want to talk to you about a little... Uh, a character that's a little lesser known, okay? So if you have your Bible, I want you to open it up to, to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, it's in the New Testament. If you have some kind of a, a phone with you, device, I'm going to be reading a lot from the message translation today. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we have these giant Bibles up here that you can read along with us on, and it'll be reading the exact same translation that I am. We're going to talk about a guy today, today named Eutychus. You've got to be careful how you say that, because that sounds like uterus, right? And I'm not going to be talking about that today. That's another, not a New Song Church kind of thing we're going to get into. But I am going to talk to you today about this guy named Eutychus and uh, some things that he did. And actually, what's interesting today is we're going to kind of look at a guy who made some really bad choices and kind of look at what he did to position himself the way he did and how we can learn from him. Because here's the thing. The Bible says that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses what that means is this, there's, these, there's all these characters that we read about in the Bible, guys like Abraham and Moses and Noah and, and, and James and all these different people that we look at in scripture and we say, man, they did a great job. Uh, they're in heaven now and they're cheering us on. And so in this series, what we're trying to do is look at some of these different characters and go, man, what did they do right? What did they do wrong? How do we develop the kind of godly character God's called us to have so that we can walk in the kind of life that God's called us to? Because God's called us to a great life. Okay, so today we're going to look at, at, at Eutychus and his life and some of the things that he didn't do so well and learn from him. All right, so Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 7, it says this. We met on Sunday to worship and celebrate the Master's Supper. Paul addressed the congregation. Our plan, now notice there is a plan here, okay? There was something in mind that Paul was wanting to do, was to leave first thing in the morning. So Paul's going to be leaving the next day. But Paul talked on. Way past midnight, we were meeting in a well-lighted upper room. A young man named Eutychus was sitting in an open window. As Paul went on and on, Eutychus fell sound asleep. Other translations say that he actually sank into a deep sleep. And look what it says next. And he toppled out of the third story window. When they picked him up, he was dead. All right, so what we have here is the first instance in scripture of someone falling asleep in church. And, and it does not end well for them, okay? Uh, so, you know, stay awake today, stay alert, all right? But, but here's the thing, Eutychus is not the, the first person that this is going to happen to, and he's not the last. How many of you have ever seen somebody sleeping in church? If that's you, raise up your hand. 
I think we all have. How many of you would throw your, your spouse under the rug and say, you've seen them sleeping at church before? Yeah, wow, this guy is really quick to do that. All right. Uh, how many of you would be honest and say that you have slept in church before? Raise up your hand. Obviously not new song, but some church, right? I have, I've done it. I've fallen asleep, you know, you get your, your McMuffin in the morning and you get into church and worship was good and then you sit down and it's kind of like, you know, not a new song, but some other church, right? You know, sleep is, sleep's a funny thing because, uh, you know, statistics tell us that we sleep a third of our life. A third of the life that we live is spent in this state of sleep. And here's the thing about sleep. The thing about sleep is this, when you go to sleep, you don't know that you're asleep until you wake up. Write that down, that's gonna make sense to you a little bit later, okay? When you go to sleep, you don't know that you're asleep until you, you wake up. When you're asleep, you're kind of out of it. You don't know what's going on around you. For example, if you're, if you're a snorer, okay? You've never heard yourself snore, right? You don't, you, you can't hear, you're asleep. So how you know you snore is somebody else tells you after you wake up, hey man, you were a buzzsaw last night. That's how you know. And, and when you're asleep, it's funny because there's some crazy stuff that can happen to you and some crazy things. You're, you're in this vulnerable state when you're asleep. We've all been there before. You know, you've maybe seen somebody. In fact, I've got some pictures this morning I want to show you. Uh, like maybe you're on an airplane and, and you're, you're sitting there and you're hanging out and you look over and you see this, Right? Someone just, I love this too, because you see the girl, but you look beside her too. I mean, both of these guys are just out. And I'll see stuff like this on an airplane, and here's where my mind goes. I start thinking, I wonder if I could shoot a peanut into their mouth. And how awesome that would be to like be asleep and all of a sudden it's like, what? Somebody threw a peanut in my mouth. I don't know. Uh, But you know, you see stuff like this happening. Maybe you get off the plane and you go to get on the airport shuttle and you see something like this out cold. That looks so comfortable, doesn't it? And when you're asleep, you know, people will mess with you. People will pull pranks on you because you don't have no idea what's going on. Like this guy, just drawing on his face, you know, X's and O's on his face. And people aren't the only ones that this kind of stuff happens to. This can happen to, to animals or pets. Like I've got this dude here out cold. And kids are especially amazing when it comes to sleep. Because here's the thing with kids. Kids like, you're, 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 give, give me time, Casey. I'm trying to set things up here, man. Well, anyway, there it is. The kids play so hard that they'll just pass out wherever. Uh, so yeah, like that's, but that's, that happens to adults too from time to time. You don't have to raise your hand, but we all fall asleep. In fact, I've got this video I want to show you. Casey, you can show that now, okay? We've all been there, right? You're sleepy, you're tired, but man, these nuggets are good. You just can't shut it down. Uh, maybe some of you are people who can go to sleep really easily. My wife up here on the front row, Sarah is amazing. Sleeping for her is like flipping a switch. Like if I called her up here and said, hey, hon, would you go to sleep right here in front of everybody? She could just do it. Just go to sleep. Within like a minute, she'd be out cold. I, on the other hand, I guess I'm a little bit more high maintenance, but I have to have like everything perfect in order for me to go to sleep. I'm a fan guy. Any fan people in the house today, you need a fan on, 
Praise the Lord for the fan. If I don't have a fan, it's like the quietness is too loud. Anybody can relate? It's like I can hear the quiet. It's awful. I'll move my face across my pillow and it's like I can hear my whiskers moving across my pillow. I hear every creak in the house. It's, it's terrible. I need something to help me drown that out. Maybe you have something too. Like you've got, you know, your little, those little players that you can play and it plays like sounds like seagulls and oceans and Celtic leprechauns and whales mating, whatever it is that floats your boat. You like to sleep too. But sleep is funny, right? I mean, it's, it's a funny deal. It's a vulnerable deal. And, and when you're asleep, some crazy things can happen. But the thing about sleep is that we don't, when we go to sleep, we don't really know what's going on until after the fact that, that we wake up. And sleep is a good thing when it's in the right place at the right time. But when it's in the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, it can be bad. It can be dangerous. It can lead to some trouble. It can lead to some embarrassment. And that's kind of what we find in this story. And so my question to you this morning as we kind of launch into this, this is the question of the day today, is are there some areas in your life where maybe you're sleeping? Are, are you maybe sleeping in your relationship with God, in your connection to God? Are you sleeping in your, in your relationship with your spouse or with the people in your life? Maybe kind of sleepwalking your way through that. Are you sleeping in your relationship with your kid or your children, the discipleship of your children, kind of leaving that to other people, putting it on autopilot? Are you sleeping in your relationship to the bride of Christ, which is the church, and your part that you play in the church, are you sleeping today? Because sleeping can be a dangerous, dangerous thing, and it can lead to some bad stuff. So in this story that we read, we've got, we've got Paul, and he's teaching. Now, may I remind you, this is the Apostle Paul, okay? I've heard people t- teach this message before, or talk about this story before, and they kind of teach it from the perspective of like, what do you do when church is boring or when life is boring? This is Paul. (laughs) He wrote like half of the New Testament. He's considered to be one of the greatest teachers next to Jesus that there ever was. Like he was not boring, I assure you. It wasn't, the issue was not Paul. The issue was Eutychus and how he positioned himself. So, So Paul is teaching and he's got a plan. It says that Paul talked on way past midnight. You see, here's the deal. Paul had a plan. He knew that this was probably the last chance he was gonna get to share with this group of people. And so he wanted to give them everything he could. He wanted to equip them and and minister to them. And so he went on and on and on. In fact, Bible scholars believe that at the time that Eutychus fell out of this window, he had been preaching for about six hours. Wow, right? And so you, you hear that and you go, well, of course, no wonder Eutychus falls out of the window and falls asleep. He was preaching for so long. We gotta understand something. In this time and age, in this day and age of, of when this happened, um, this was what people did for fun. This was like entertainment, going and hearing people, you know, share things and preach and talk. And, and especially a guy like Paul, I mean, the place was packed with people. It was standing room only because when Paul preaches, people show up. So this is, everything is set here, all right? Uh, this isn't just some Yahoo off the street doing like a one-man stage presentation of the Lion King. It's Paul, okay? And he's talking about about Jesus. He's talking about the gospel. Like, this is a huge deal. All right, so, so, so he's teaching, and he's going on and on, and Eutychus starts to kind of fall asleep, which obviously we kind of frown upon in the church, right? We don't want you falling asleep. We want you to be awake. 
but it's especially dangerous for Eutychus because of where Eutychus has positioned himself. Eutychus is sitting in a window in a third story, about 30 feet up from the ground. And so as he begins to start to move towards sleep, he, he falls asleep and he falls out of this window and, and he dies. Um, and you would think that he would like start to wake himself up as this starts to happen. I remember one time I was driving from Tulsa to Dallas and I, had, I, I lived in Dallas and I had gone to Tulsa to do some work with my dad and had kind of been up late that night. And then I, you know, I couldn't really wind down and get comfortable that night. So I, I only had like two hours of sleep. I had to get up early the next morning and head back to Dallas. And so I'm driving, I'm on the Turner Turnpike heading towards, uh, towards Dallas. And all of a sudden, like I have this realization of like, I was just asleep, right? Like I just, it, awareness hits me that I had just fallen asleep. And I'm cruising down the highway at 80 miles per hour. This is not a good place to be sleeping. And so I did everything I could to wake myself up. I rolled down the window. It was about 30 degrees outside. I stuck my head out the window. I started slapping myself around. I pulled over at the next gas station, got a couple of energy drinks, chugged those things because, listen, I like to live. Anybody else? You like living, right? So I'm going to do everything I can to position myself to live. But, but here's the thing. I didn't realize I was falling asleep until I woke up. And for, I believe that's what happened with Eutychus. You know, Eutychus probably started to kind of drift into sleep, but he didn't know it, and he falls asleep. He falls out of this window, and he falls to his death. In fact, it says, when they picked him up, he was dead. The book of Acts was written by Luke. Luke was a physician. This is doctor defined. He is a dead man. He gone. Now look what it says next, part, verse 10. Paul went down, stretched himself on him. He covered him. He hugged him hard. He said this, no more crying, he said. There's life in him yet. Man, I love that. There's life in him yet. We'll come back to that. So Paul comes down. He, he sees that Eutychus has, has, uh, has fallen and died. And, and that's kind of, you know, preaching 101 right there. Someone dies, you stop the service. Because just just cordial. And he, he runs down to him and he gets on top of him and he covers him up and, it, and he brings him back to life. He, he, you know, we don't exactly know what he did, prayed, whatever, but he comes back to life. And then look at this. This is some baller stuff that Paul does next, okay? Then Paul got up and served the master's supper. He took communion and went on telling stories of the faith until dawn so Paul goes down, resurrects this guy, serves communion, and then get, keeps preaching for another seven or eight hours. Boom! That's awesome, right? And look at what it says here. On that note, they left. Everybody left. Paul going one way, and the congregation, another, leading the boy, talking about Eutychus, off alive. Now look at this part, and it says, and full of life themselves. These guys have been sitting under Paul teaching for like 12 hours, and they leave full of life. Now, this is a crazy story, right? How many of you have ever heard this story before? Some of you, maybe. Some of you never heard this before. It's, it's, it's not a huge story in the Bible, but there's so much here. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because I think this, I think what happened to Eutychus can happen to us in life very easily. I'm not talking about literally falling out of a third story window. I'm talking about falling asleep in the middle of a move of God, in the middle of what God is doing, kind of taking for granted what's happening around us, not realizing the opportunity or opportunities that are in front of us. 
And, and because of that, we, we miss out, we drift away. And maybe today, if you're being honest, maybe some of you have fallen asleep in some areas of your life. And so my call for you today, our call today is to wake up, is to wake up. Wake up to the alarm of God and realize and take advantage of everything that God has placed around you, the opportunities he's placed around you, and live the kind of life God's called us to have with the kind of impact he's called us to have in this world. Look at this verse. This is Ephesians 5.14. It's kind of our key verse today. It says, wake up. Look at the person next to you and say, wake up. Say it like you mean it. Say, wake up. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Be very careful in how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Wow. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but, I love this, understand what the Lord's will is. So God is saying to us to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to realize what's in front of us, what's around us, what, what we have the opportunity to step into and to, and to enjoy and what, that kind of impact that we can have. But if, in order for us to do that, we got to wake up. we got to understand what, what it means to know God, what it means to kind of have the, have the kind of relationship that he wants to have with us today. But far too often we find ourselves kind of sleepwalking through life and it can be very dangerous. When I was in high school, uh, my junior year in high school, I had a friend, my best friend, that came to live with me and my parents at our house. And so I had this really cool bedroom, like above the garage kind of bedroom, like you see on like the movies, it was awesome. And I had my bed, I actually had another bed in the room, and so my friend would stay over all the night, he had some stuff going on in his life, and he ended up just living with us for a while. And so uh, one Friday night, we had gone out, seen some movies, kind of hung out, and then after the night was over, we came back, and we were, you know, going to bed, going to sleep. And I was in my bed, kind of in that state of, of you know, falling asleep, not quite there yet, when all of a sudden I feel somebody rubbing my toes. That's right, rubbing my toes. Uh, I open my eyes and look, and there at the foot of my bed is a silhouette of my friend, and he is standing at the end of my bed, and he's just rubbing my toes. So this is not a normal practice for us. And I, I, you know how somebody wakes you up in kind of a weird way, it kind of, your heart starts beating and it kind of freaks you out a little bit. And I have, a, I have a very loud yelling voice. And my friend, his name was Chris Munch. I called him Munch. And so I was like, Munch! And so when I did this, he goes, jumped. And then he just kind of stumbled back over and gets into his bed. Doesn't say a word. So now I'm laying there and I'm thinking, what was that? And I feel that it's important that we breach this subject, that we need to shed some light on this. So I'm like, hey, bud. Uh... What was that all about? He goes, I didn't know you were in the bed. <laughs> exactly. So I said, uh, well, what were you doing? He goes, I didn't know you were in the bed. Okay, man, well, good night, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll talk about this in the morning. And I just kind of roll over and weirdly enough fell back asleep. Well, next morning we wake up, I turn on the TV and I, I kind of forgot about it. We're both laying there. We're watching the TV in my room and our beds just kind of waking up. And then all of a sudden it hits me. Oh, yeah, he was rubbing my feet last night. And so I was like, hey, by the, what was up with the foot rubbing last night? And he goes, oh, man. He's like, I went to sleep. 
And he said, and, I, and I'm just, you know, I went to sleep. And he said, the next thing I know, I'm standing at the foot of your bed and you're yelling at me. I have no idea what's going on. I was like, dude, you're rubbing my feet. And he was like, no. It's like, yes, you're rubbing my feet. He was sleepwalking, right? And when you're sleepwalking, man, some stuff can happen that's weird and embarrassing and, you know, whatever. And by the way, that guy, if you're coming to the Newsies tonight, that guy, Chris Munch, is going to be here, and he's going to be uh, doing this skit at the beginning of our Newsies. He's an incredible guy, really awesome dude. It's going to be awesome. But, um, but here's, here's my point in all that. Sleepwalking is easy to do in life. It's easy to get ourselves in a place where we're just kind of drifting through life. And the problem with that is that when we're sleepwalking, we don't know what's going on around us. And we can walk into some traps, into some danger, into some bad stuff. We can walk off some ledges and fall off some ledges like Eutychus did, and it can be lethal to our life. And so today, I want to talk about how we wake up. I want to look at five things really quickly from the life of Eutychus that that we can look at, that we can do to help ourselves to not put ourselves in a position like Eutychus did where he could fall. Okay, so if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, know where you stand. Know where you stand. Eutychus had a pretty amazing opportunity in front of him. He was, he was in a room with Paul. The Apostle Paul is preaching and he's in a room with him. This is one of those things like, like we talk about today in Christian circles and you go, you know, if you could meet anybody from the Bible outside of Jesus, you know, who would it be? Who would you want to meet? And, and Paul is probably in everybody's top five, if not number one. I mean, he's, and this is, Eutychus is there. He's sitting there listening to him talk about Jesus, listening to him talk about the world and what's going on in the world, listening to him share about the gospel message and our job in sharing and spreading this gospel message. I'm sure, I'm sure as Paul is, is sharing this, you can see the, the scars on his face from the beatings that he's, he's taking from, from the, the persecution that he's been through. Like, and, and yet somehow Eutychus should have been on the inner circle. But what did he do? He had positioned himself outside of everybody, on the edge, on a ledge, isolated, and by himself. His stance should have been up close, but his stance was away from God and away from what God was doing. See, Eutychus, I believe he didn't really understand and know where he was, he was standing that morning. He didn't understand the room of blessing that he was in. And listen, I want you to understand something today. You are in a room of blessing in your life. There's some amazing opportunities in front of you to to hear from God and to be used by God to to make an impact with your kids and with your family and with this city and with the world. It's right there in front of us. But if we pull away and pull ourselves away on the outside, we'll begin to drift and we'll begin to fall asleep and miss out on some of the amazing opportunities that God has for us. You know, this is one of the reasons why at New Song we make such a big deal out of small groups. Because small groups is a part of us all getting together and connecting and getting on that inner circle together at where, where your group can look at you and say, hey man, we see you kind of pulling away. We want to get you back in here in the middle of this. Don't, don't sit on the ledge. It's dangerous out there. Come over here and be in the middle of what God is doing here at this place. We want to fight isolation. And that's what being in a group helps you do. You got to know where you stand. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 7 through 10. I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, but it says this. Each day is a gift from God. Make the most of each day. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it. And heartily, this is your last and only chance at it. For life is short. My friends, we got to wake up. 
We gotta wake up to the, the opportunities in front of us, the, the things that God has placed in our hands. We gotta wake up. We gotta quit hitting the snooze bar. We gotta quit drifting. We gotta pull ourselves off the edges and get into the middle of what God is doing so that we can experience what God has for us. Eutychus was there. He was in the room. He was close, but he wasn't close enough. He positioned himself away. And over time, he drifted, he fell asleep, and he fell into danger. You gotta know where you stand. My friends, there are some amazing opportunities in front of you today. Take advantage of those. Number two, you gotta fight against comfort. Number two, fight against comfort. You know, something I have found in my life is uh, being too comfortable can be very dangerous. It really can. God hasn't called us to live a comfortable life. He's called us to live by faith. And sometimes faith means that we're gonna have to step out of our comfort zone and do some things trusting God. And what Eutychus did was he positioned himself in a window away from everybody else. You know, when you're in a group of people, it's easier to kind of be on the outside, right? Where you're not kind of bunched up. It's a little bit cooler. I imagine in that window, there was a cool breeze that could come through every once in a while. And that's where Eutychus positioned himself. And what we see there is that Eutychus valued ventilation more than he valued revelation. He valued comfort more than he valued connection is another way of saying that. And so he had pulled himself away. But comfort can be dangerous. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this. It says, be sober, be vigilant. That means, that word vigilant there means active and aware. Because look at this, your adversary, that's your opponent, that's your enemy, and then it says who it is, the devil, is as, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking, that means he's looking for the opportunity, seeking whom he may devour. You know, Satan loves comfortable Christians. He loves for you to be comfortable. And, and so he will work really hard to get you in a comfortable place, and then he will start to sing you a lullaby a lullaby in this life to try to get you to drift off because you need to understand something today. If you are fully aware of who you are in Jesus Christ and fully awake in that, the devil does not stand a chance. And he knows that. And so he works hard to get you to go to sleep because he understands it's a lot easier to steal from somebody. It's a lot easier to hurt somebody. It's a lot easier to do what he wants to do, steal, kill, and destroy if they are asleep. Can I get an amen? And there's a lot of us that are sleeping through life. And the enemy loves it. We're falling asleep and he's taking advantage of us. So he works really hard at this because it's a lot easier for him to do it. Now, here's, here's what you understand today. As a Christian, you're gonna have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's just the reality of life. God's gonna call on you. If you're gonna be doing anything that, that makes a difference in the kingdom of God, you're, he's gonna continue to ask you to do things that are gonna cause you to have to step out in faith. Now, that doesn't mean you're not gonna, you know, have a good life. It just means that walking with God is walking by faith and standing up against the world and not just drifting into what everybody else is doing. We gotta fight against comfort. And for some of you, this stuff that you, you're doing into your life, some of the places that you've allowed yourself to settle into that you think are bringing you great comfort, they're really just leading you down a path to destruction. They're positioning you to be an easy target for the devil to pick off and to ruin your life. Don't allow yourself to get too comfortable. Fight against it. Go to the Lord. God, where am I, where am I being too, where have I drifted? Where am I too comfortable? Where am I not pushing myself like I should? Have I, have I allowed myself to, to fall into just routine and ruts that are driving me away from you? Ask the Lord that and let him help you. 
Eutychus was comfortable, and his comfort led to his sleeping, and his sleeping led to his death. Fight against comfort. Number three, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize. Again, Eutychus positioned himself in a place where he could look out that window in another direction. He could begin to look at the world. And instead of looking and leaning into what God was doing, what Paul was preaching, he started to look at the world and started to lean towards the world. You know, when you're sleeping, you lean towards something. If you fall asleep in your car, you're going to lean against the window or you're going to lean against the console in your car. If you fall asleep at school, you're going to lean against your desk. Or if you fall asleep at your desk at at work, you're going to lean back in your chair or lean against your computer. You have to lean. You have to lean into something to carry the weight. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to start looking at the world so that you'll start to lean towards the things of the world. Because understand this, you lean towards what you look at. If you're taking notes, write that down. You lean towards what you are looking at. And and, and so often in our life, we use this amazing thing that God's given us, our imagination, we use it to lean towards the wrong things and to look at the wrong things. And we start making the things of this world our goals, to be successful by the world's terms, to have uh, riches of this world, to have the pleasures of this world, or maybe it's even the bad things of this world. We, We start to imagine things that are fearful, or, or anger, we allow those things. And we, we take this gift that God's given us that he gave to us, this imagination that he gave to us so that we could use it to walk by faith and we use it to walk in fear and to walk and pursue the wrong kind of stuff. And the problem is we're looking at the wrong kind of stuff and our lean is going towards the wrong kind of stuff. We gotta keep our eyes on the prize. What's the prize? Hebrews 12, two tells us this. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Everybody say Jesus our leader, and our instructor. Remember when, when Jesus was walking on water and Peter got out of the boat and he began to walk on water with Jesus. There's only two people in human history that have walked on water, Jesus and Peter. And he was doing it. He was walking on water. But, but what happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus and the Bible says he began to look at the waves. He began to look at what the wind was doing with the waves around him. And his focus went from Jesus to the world. And when his focus went on the world, he began to sink. His lean drifted towards the world and it caused him to sink. Now the beautiful thing is Jesus was there to pull him up. But he had to call out on Jesus. He had to fix his eyes on Jesus. Listen, God doesn't want us sinking. He wants us walking on water. That's the kind of life he's called us to live. But in order for us to do that, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ and keep our focus on him. Keep our eyes off the things of this world. Listen, this world has nothing for you. I'm sorry to tell you, if that breaks your heart, so be it. It has nothing for you. Everything you need, everything that's gonna bring you true peace and true joy and true comfort is found in Jesus. If you look at him and you stay focused on him, he'll help you to step into it. Maybe you're here today. Well, let's go here. Point number four is this, get off, get off the ledge. Get off the ledge. Now, Eutychus positioned himself in a dangerous place. Now, I'm your pastor, right? And part of my job is, is to help you and protect you. And so I want to pastor you for just a minute. There's some of you in here today, and maybe you've positioned yourself in a place where a fall could be very dangerous for you. You've put yourself on the edges and ledges of life where if, if, if you keep going in this direction, it can really hurt you. 
Maybe you're doing some things and you know that they're wrong and you've been getting away with them and, and nobody knows. And so you kind of just keep drifting that way, keep, keep doing those kind of things. But I want you to know something. The devil's got a hook in your nose right now and he's pulling you towards something really, really bad. And you're leaning his way and here's what he's waiting to do. He's waiting to just nudge you a little bit and just like Eutychus, cause you to fall and to lose it all. And I don't want that for you. So we've got to respond. We've got to wake up. Maybe some of you have before. Maybe there's been some moments in your life when you've kind of awoken to what's going on and you've said, okay, I need to change this. I need to stop this. I've got to quit this. But the problem is you don't get off the ledge. You continue to sit there and stay there. And so you begin to drift right back to where you were before. We've got to wake up. We gotta move away. We gotta take some practical steps. If there's sins in your life, if there's things that you're dealing with that you continue to stumble into and you've tried it a bunch of different ways, realize this, what you're trying before ain't working. (laughs) So it's time to try something new. It's time to do it God's way. And God's way is submitting yourself to people, submitting yourself to God, letting other people know about it, letting other, bringing other people into it so that they can help you to, get, to pull you off the ledge and to get to where you need to be so that you can be safe and you can be away from that stuff. Because here, here's the thing, the way you're operating now is prideful. It's pride. And listen, the Bible says this about pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty, that means arrogant, uh, spirit before a fall. James 4, 6 says this, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, I re- used to read that verse and I would think, well, God just doesn't like people that are full of pride. And no, he doesn't. And here's why. Because of what Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, pride goes before destruction. God doesn't want you full of pride because he knows what it leads to. He knows you're sleepwalking towards a ledge that's gonna kill you. It's gonna ruin your life and ruin your family. Am I preaching okay right now? I know I'm kind of being serious here, but I want to help you today. Uh, imagine this. Imagine that you, one of your, someone in your life, your child, someone that you loved, imagine they were sleepwalking. They were walking towards a cliff that they were going to go off. If you love them, aren't you going to get in between them and that cliff and resist them from going off the cliff? That's what this verse is telling us. God resists us because he doesn't want us to fall. See, God hates sin because sin hurts people. He doesn't hate sin just because he's mean. He hates sin because he knows what sin will do. It kills us, it hurts us, it ruins our lives. And he wants to help us. But here's the thing, if you keep disobeying God, if you keep listening to that voice and saying, and just uh, ignoring it, a couple things are gonna happen. One, it's gonna get silent. You're gonna no longer hear it. And the more you keep walking that direction, the more the hands of God get tied to the point that the enemy leads you right where he wants to lead you and you take a big fall. I don't want that to happen to you today. You gotta wake up. We all gotta wake up. We gotta get off the ledge. Eutychus was on the ledge. And when he fell, it was lethal. It cost him because edges and ledges are lethal. But there's good news for me and you today. Maybe you're here today and you've fallen. You've fallen off the ledge. You've made some mistakes. There's some death in your life because of some mistakes that you've made and some ledges that you've fallen out of. The good news for you today is that God wants to help you. He wants to pull you in life. Remember, we read Ephesians 5, 14 earlier. It said this. It said, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Notice it says wake up, but then it also says rise from the dead. See, God's highest and best is that we would wake up today, that we wouldn't fall, 
But if you do fall, he can still raise you up. Because point number five is this. God is in the resurrection business. It's what he does. That's God's signature move. To take things that are lifeless and dead and fill them up with life and give them new life. That's what God is all about. I love this story of, of, of Eutychus and, and what Paul did and what Paul said. Paul comes running to him. Band, you guys can go ahead and come up. He goes running to him after he's fallen and he's dead and he gets on top of him and he covers him up and it says this. He says, no more crying. There's life in him yet. And then Paul gets him back up and he brings him back in. And I, I believe this. I believe Paul didn't pick him up and take him back to the ledge. I believe Paul brought him into the inner circle and he sat right in the middle. He brought him back into fellowship. What a beautiful story, right? A beautiful image of restoration and recovery and resurrection. You know, my life, I've fallen off some ledges. I've... Uh, had some different times in my life when I've participated in stuff that I knew I shouldn't be doing. I've messed around on ledges. I've walked in pride. I've leaned into the world and I've fallen. I fell hard one time. I fell to a death. And when I did, there was a lot of people that looked at me and said, man, he's done, he's dead. His, his life is, is over. His ministry is over. But there were some people in my life that came running to me. And none greater than that pretty little girl right there who came running and covered me. And said there's life in him yet. Even though I hurt her back in to the inner circle and get my life right I want you to know something today I don't care how dark your life may be I don't care how bad things may look I don't care how far you may have fallen hear me today but don't hear me hear Jesus I say this to you there is life in you yet every one of you there's life in you yet and God wants to resurrect you better days, the best days of your life ahead of you, not behind you. As I read this story this week I, and studied it, I, I couldn't help but get to the end of it and go, there's two people here, right? We have Eutychus and we have Paul. And as a church, I want to be a church that's full of Pauls. I don't want to be Eutychus. I want you to be a Paul. I want to be the kind of church that pulls people off of the edges and ledges and brings them back into fellowship. I want to be the kind of church that covers those who are hurting, those who are broken, those who are dead, and helps them come back to life. You know, something I see in the church sometimes is we're all about reaching those that are lost, and I'm all about the lost. Sometimes the lost isn't the people outside the church door. Sometimes it's the people within. And I've seen churches where if you're outside of the church and you're you know, struggling with drugs or struggling with pornography or struggling with whatever, we want to bring you in. We want to help you. But if you come into the church and you've been going to church and you start to struggle with that stuff, we will throw you away. That makes no sense to me. No sense to me. we got to cover everybody. Sometimes 
sometimes the lost are the people that sit right next to us every week in church. And I want to be Paul. I want to be people that are going after them and pulling them in and saying, hey, there is life in you yet. I see it and we're going to pull it out of you and we're going to fight for you and we're going to cover you and we're going to be there for you. Don't be Eutychus. Let's be Paul. Know where you stand today. There's amazing opportunities in front of us as a church, as husbands, as wives, as parents, as employees, and our, our businesses, whatever we're doing, there are amazing opportunities in front of us. We've got to know where we stand. The blessing of God is right there for the taking. You've got to fight against comfort. God hasn't called us to walk in comfort. He's called us to walk by faith. We've got to keep our eyes on the prize. Take your eyes off. Quit fixing your eyes on the things of this world and fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Get off the ledge. If there's things in your life that you know you need to get right, get right. Pursue God. Pursue getting those things fixed. Get off the ledge. And lastly, if you've messed up, know this. God is in the resurrection business. No matter how messed up things may look right now, He can help you. He can save you. If you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.